Greetings, folks. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Senegalese journalist and Chevening scholar Borsotal. So, if you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly suggest you do so and finish with this current episode. In part one, Borsotal and I discussed the protest movement in Gor, a small fisherman's village in Dakar, where the inhabitants are reclaiming a piece of land. Slated for a police station by the government, but the population would rather see the construction of a high school as the village does not have any. As a result of the protest, a young girl named Ajajalo lost her life in tragic circumstances. Eyewitness accounts reported that she was shot and killed by the riot police, while the official communique of the government stated that she was fatally injured by the model of a fishing pirogue. However, the autopsy results, which were released last week, seem to confirm the eyewitness account. Borsotal and I also discussed the restriction on liberty of press and opinion, as well as the weaponization of the Senegalese justice system by the executive for political gains. We also discussed the trials of opposition leader Usman Sonko and how they might affect his political career. Now, the rape trial against Sonko kicked off. On May 16th, without the presence of the defendant, who is currently in Ziguinchor, south of Senegal, where he is the mayor, violent clashes occurred between the police and Sonko's supporters, who have been camping outside of the mayor's house and shielding him against an imminent arrest. And on May 23rd, 2023, Sonko and Daykhadinjai. The owner of the massage parlor where the alleged rape took place were tried without the presence of their lawyers, who protested against the violations of court proceedings. The verdict of this trial is expected on June 1, 2023. We may have an episode on the trial, the verdict, and the political repercussions. In the meantime, enjoy the remainder of my conversation with Borsatal. In 2021, several mm-hmm. lives were lost, uh-huh. and all of them shot and killed by the police. So you talked about Korkaba, uh-huh. who was shot uh-huh. and killed point blank. Just last March. Yes, uh-huh. last March. March, yeah. This week we had Aji Jallo, uh-huh. uh-huh. and then in 2021 uh-huh. we had Musa Drame. He was 35 from Dofa uh-huh. Fatik. We had Alasan Bari, uh-huh. 17 from Dakar. Uh-huh. Farmer uh-huh. Gujabi, uh-huh. 20 from Binjona. Uh-huh. Sheikh Wad, uh-huh. 20 from Dakar. Pap Sidi, by 20 from Kermasar, Dakar. Mansur Cham, 20 from Dakar. Sheikh Kuli, 20 from Binjona. By Sheikh Job, 17 from Yumbel, Dakar. We also have Sajo Kamara, 18 from Jaube. Bunama Simpa Sanya, 12. He was 12 from Binjona. Sheriff. Abdullah Mane, 18 from Binjona, <coughs> Sheikhna Njai, 22 from Dakar, and Masire Gay, 15, 15 from Jamagan, Dakar. So these were the people who were shot and killed by the police in 2021. Some of these actually were on on tape. And so far, the government refuses to investigate them, despite giving guarantees. Makisal himself went on TV uh-huh. and said that these cases will be investigated. And uh-huh. it's almost two and a half years, and nothing happened. But uh-huh. they have no problem tracking protesters, activists, and journalists, and sending them to prison uh-huh. with their uh-huh. fast track investigation. Uh-huh. So that's problematic. Uh-huh. And then. Uh-huh. 
I just wanted to to say some of the stuff that came out during the preliminary oh. hearing of the rape oh. and death threat case between Sonko and Ajisa, because oh. there were interesting elements that transpired during the preliminary oh. hearings and the confrontation. Oh. Sonko and Ajisa were confronted a few months ago. Oh. And among those elements that transpired was the report of the gendarmerie that leaked and showed that there was some tampering with the investigation from the public prosecutor, Sering Basiruge. Sonko and his lawyer lodged a complaint or filed charges against him. Nothing happened. There were also six leaked audio messages from Ajisar and MC Nyas. MC Nyas. Yes. Uh Ajisar herself authenticated the audio because she was called to testify or to respond to the judge if those audios were authentic or not. And she said that they were authentic. It was her. And in one of the audio messages, she was saying that nothing happened. And there is a guy named, I'm just reporting what I heard, what everybody heard, every Senegalese heard in this audio, <laughs> that there was a person named Mamur Jallo who was accused of embezzling uh-huh. $94 billion CFA and uh-huh. who was working uh-huh. at the same place as Usman Sonko. They were both working uh-huh. at Empo Edomen, so they were tax collectors, who was behind this quote-unquote conspiracy. Ajisar said that. I, I'm just reporting again. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. rape is serious and should be investigated. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter to whom it happened. Uh, uh-huh. if people are sexually assaulted or they have uh-huh. the right and should, must go seek justice for that. Uh-huh. But all of this happened. And we also saw that the doctor who uh-huh. consulted Ajisar released a report that uh-huh. showed that what she reported uh-huh. was not conclusive with uh-huh. regard to medical expertise. Uh-huh. And the doctor also said that he was getting death threats. His car uh-huh. was vandalized multiple times. Uh-huh. And we also have leaked audio of uh-huh. the doctor talking to a couple of people who were trying to silence him. So all of that came out prior to the trial that is coming up. And people need to know to, to know that. With all of that, right, Usman Songku was still indicted by Maham Jallo, the uh-huh. judge. Uh-huh. Do you think that uh-huh. all of those elements that I mentioned that transpired during the hearing and the confrontation will have an effect or will influence the verdict in the upcoming trial. Okay, so you've just described, like you just gave the portrait of uh, everything that's um, been said. So luckily for both of you, both of us, you uh, doing this podcast and me joining you as a journalist, we are, our, our everything is at stake for us right now uh, for speaking out about this. Um, there's a double standard in the judicial system. Okay, it is clear uh, that uh, what we've always known as a strong justice system, independent, uh, with court decisions uh, for individuals suitable, you know, for individuals and different mechanisms that we have, and uh, which are respected abroad. Uh, you know, uh, in other institutions internationally. Uh, Senegal is just being seen now as a uh, weakened system, okay? Uh, When we look at the stats from Reporters Without Border, we just went from, in a span of what, two two years, we went from 49th place, can you imagine, 104. It just got drastically down, dropped from 49th place in 2021 to 104 in 2023. It's okay. And that's the harsh reality. Um, The proof is here. We have journalists now in jail uh, for having spoken the very same words, like you say, uh, than other people who are walking freely. Okay. And uh, for them to be free, it's either conditional or they remain in jail. Uh, That is the reality for anyone who's speaking. Uh, about the judicial system or about the government uh, or just about what's happening in Senegal um, in terms of uh, preparing uh, the country for change or not. So we have a very contested uh, judicial uh, system. Uh, But let's not forget 
that not everyone in the justice system is uh, is um, has lost their dignity and yes. respect. It's just True. that unfortunately, because of what the majority sees, because of what stands out of you know the tradition, people don't trust the system anymore. Okay, they just don't trust the system, and that's why I remember again we talked about the Gatsa Gatsa, Gatsa um, you know, justice for justice. Okay, whatever you do, uh, we will retaliate. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, anybody from the government will say whatever they want, and nothing will come out of it. We see it every day. Mm-hmm. And those who are outside of the government or outside of the uh, majority, when I say majority, you understand what I mean, uh, the uh, government supporters, whoever is out of that system, you better know what you say. Otherwise, you're just going to join Ustaz Asensek, you know, Nidduf, Abdul Karim Gay. Uh, you're just going to join all the people that you mentioned, Pap mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And we see what Pap Alenya has gone through. Uh, Usman Jain also, uh, Usman Jain, the, 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 the activist, Usman Jain, yes, who's still in yes. prison. Exactly. Hassan yes. Juf, Usman Jain, exactly. I know him okay. personally. Uh, we went to high school together for three years. You see that. A decent you see, guy. You see this. You know? Okay, you see this. In this contested system, there are people, they have more chances of being at peace, no matter what they say, when they are closer to the narrative given by the government. And if you're away from that, expect to be taken by the police, uh, whether it's in the morning or at night. We've seen the, um, the and most of them are post-unco, unfortunately. And when I say unfortunately, that is what we see. Yeah, okay. yeah. they're uh, rounding so up members of PASTEF. Yeah. Exactly. And that is to break down the system of PASTEF. It is to break down the, uh, the, the core leaders of PASTEF. Okay. It is to uh, break down the um, their endeavors to work around their leader and protect their leader towards 2024. So basically what we've always known as actors of justice, okay, who are, who are working or who are supposed to work to preserve the respect of the constitution or to preserve uh, anything that is related to uh, justice. Now we're seeing people who were uh, in that position defend arguments that even a child cannot understand as right. <laughs> okay. Yes. So basically, uh, even children are more awakened now about what's going on because they they hear adults talk, they see on TV, uh, especially the teenagers now. Like I say, they used they were younger then, but now they're realizing that the very people who are uh, who have been here for a very long time, over and over again, okay, who have taken out of all the positions in the government, whether it's the Ministry of Justice or any other ministry, armed forces, anything, those very people are now speaking to defend the undefendable. And, and there's some what in, people think. And Burson, not to cut you short, but there are also some intellectuals, so-called intellectuals, who are trying to defend yeah, these. This craziness, exactly. That's, you know, that's including Ismail Amadio exactly Fal, a university professor. Very I don't well want to, you know, again, I do not want <laughs> to go to jail with you. So I'm not saying any names. <laughs> well, you know what? I told my <laughs> listeners that, yeah, just be on <laughs> no. the lookout. If you hear no, that no. Bamba got arrested, well, you will know what to do. Just, you know, send petitions. Well, you know, the thing is that and... the reason why we're laughing at this is because we're also pointing out a very important factor. Okay, the fact in Senegal right now is that freedom of speech is completely restricted. Absent. For civil society, for journalism, completely restricted, really, really restricted. So we're joking about this. It is just a reflection of what is going on. The more you speak on behalf of uh, Usman Sonko or any other uh, opposition leader, okay, uh, declared opposition leader, the more you will be exposed to having yeah, trouble. Or just speaking, with, you know, what the, the majority think is the truth, which is, which is that the government is, exactly. is instituting an autocracy mm-hmm. right now, an autocracy. Well, mm-hmm. and, and look at the National Assembly was off for like months, you know, yeah, and just now recently 
resuming work, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. So many things going on, you know, from the population's perspective. Uh, Senegal is just a corrupt country, really. Let's just, um, you know, yes. people, Call a spade are, a spade. people are just, yeah, judges put in jail men who uh, do less things than people who are free. Okay, I was, uh, just every day you see it, um, every 4th of April, the, the president uh, gives a grace to, uh, you know, a few hundreds of people uh, in jail. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them go back for the very reason why they were in. And others are just forgotten because they don't have anyone to help them. Mm -hmm. You understand? So yeah. it's just that reality. It's just that harsh reality that makes people uh, not believe in anything that the justice system uh, does or very little do they believe. And any attempt of President Macky Sall uh, or his government to explain anything related to the work that they should do every day, people just don't see anything good that could come out of this government anymore. So every single day, unfortunately, he could be building roads, he could be building things, he could be, you know, uh, changing situations uh, in other uh, domains, in other, you know, um, sectors, but no one sees it. All people see now is the 600 or 400, 500 plus people currently detained, okay? Officers who are freely shooting people with real bullets, okay? People being beaten, uh, an escalation of violence, um, just freedom of speech, like we say, being completely at zero level or almost at zero level for a country that was known for its openness to any topic that they would like to discuss, um, you know, uh, that's it. So that's what we understand. It's, it's very unfortunate that the spread of fear, okay, suspicion among the population kind of clouds all the good things that any government is supposed to do for the country. So until 2024, uh, from what I see or from what I hear people talk about, it will be very complicated for Makisal to bring out anything positive from anything that authorities do in Senegal. Mm -hmm. Because everything is tied down to, uh, you know, what to expect more from this government after we've seen all these dead people who, are, who have not found justice, whose families are still waiting, okay, uh, to find a reason why they got killed or even uh, find justice as of who killed them or who shot them, okay. Uh, the eligibility of, of uh, Usman Sonko being at stake right now, okay? Um, so this long-time promotion of peace and security in Senegal, uh, it's at stake. It is. It's at stake. It is. It is at stake, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's just one name out, and that is Usman Sonko, but it is at stake for every other person uh, in this country, basically. So that's uh, that's what I... That's what comes out of my mind uh, right now. Uh, Makisal has gone through what Usman Sonko is going through under Abdullah Wad's regime. Abdullah Wad did not go as far as he, Makisal, is doing with Usman Sonko. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and uh, Makisal is doing that and to Usman Sonko. And I should say, I should add uh, Amina Tatoure, the I only mean, woman. Khalifa who, Sal, Karim Wad. Yes, Khalifa Sal. But, uh, uh, you know, just putting a highlight on Aminata Touré, who's the only woman uh, right now who is at the forefront of the fights in the opposition party or in the opposition coalition, uh, Yewi Askanwi. Yes, she was part of the government. Yes, she was part of that SAL government and system. Uh, we understand that. But she has, she remained constant in the understanding that there was no third term possible for Makisa. Yes. And that has cost her 
the National Assembly position, you know, the presidency of that, that has cost her uh, everything she's lost, you know, in terms of uh, being an authority in the government. But mm -hmm. she's still out there. Yeah, and, and she's now woman, also getting death threats too. Yes, uh, exactly. She came so out a, woman, a few weeks ago uh -huh. talking about death threats that she received. This her. is the country that yeah. we live Sorry. that Senegalese That's are living in. That we live in. Exactly. Yeah. And so being a woman and trying to even pave the way for any other woman political, uh, you know, any other woman who is interested in politics, because I mean, Ata is paving the way right now for all of them. Okay. And for her to go through this, and for uh, the population to see what's going on, okay, Makisal doesn't leave anyone behind who's against him, whether it's a former ally or whether it's a new person coming up like Sonko has done. Uh, it was a big surprise that he got the percentage of uh, voters uh, back in uh, in the last presidentials. You understand? So for this uh, 49-year-old, I think uh, he's 49 years old, to come up and uh, just uh, put everything upside down in their plan, uh, it is uh, very obvious that Sal will never stop attacking in any way he can, if I can put it that way. And yeah. this is, again, the understanding of everyone watching. Uh, and now the world is watching every step of his uh, government uh, towards 2024. Uh, I see uh, that even President Obama uh, had to speak with, uh, like, uh, had to speak with him. Uh, all the other foreign leaders are talking to him to, you know, to bring him back to that reasoning of what is always known of Senegal. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a third term is just not accepted by the people who vote mm -hmm. for whoever is going to become president for them. Yes. So when you put the absence of investigation into the deaths of all the people we mentioned since March 2021, when you put about uh, when you put up the no investigation into the disappearance, you know we we forgot to mention the disappearance yes. of the two soldiers. No investigation, overnight. nothing, nothing at all. Yes, okay. Who worked for When you talk about the arrests, when you talk about the uh, press being restricted and abused on the ground while they're doing their work. Okay, uh, when you see examples of Pap Alignan, of Pap Nya, who's still in jail, uh, all this reveals uh, about the judicial system, okay, and how the government is somehow too close to what is supposed to be an independent system. Mm -hmm. That's why when the army took out a note stating or asking to be put away from uh, anything related to politics, what we see is that in the next days after that or weeks after that, uh, the general was replaced by another one. <laughs> so that tells you a lot as well okay, yeah. about what's going on. You and, understand. And, so, and Borso, we, we also uh -huh. forget to, to mention like there mm -hmm. are a lot of rotation currently happening mm -hmm. in the judicial, oh, yeah, in but, the justice system. They're you know mutating that, people left uh -huh. and right, people exactly, who are involved you know, in the case being placed mm -hmm. in the Supreme Court yes. and the Court of Appeal. You know, uh -huh. all of that does not uh -huh. inspire trust. You cannot trust, take exactly. judges no. who were formally prosecuting or who, who were formally investigating Sonko uh -huh. in uh -huh. the appeal court or the Supreme Court. But you know, for instance, just an example. Like you can't uh -huh. do, and that's uh -huh. what's happening. And people being uh -huh. transferred out of Dakar uh -huh. because they're suspected of being close to Sonko and Pastev. For instance, uh -huh. Uh -huh. The judge who handed Sonko a two-month sentence and 200 million uh -huh. fine, which did uh -huh. not at that point prevent Sonko from running, uh -huh. people who are close to the government and the allies, like uh -huh. people from uh -huh. APR and the uh -huh. ruling coalition, said that, uh -huh. oh, this judge is a passive judge. That's what they uh -huh. said. Yes, this is because a now it's judge. come down to, it has come down to that. It has yeah. come down to and, whether you're pro-government uh -huh. or against him. <laughs> it comes it's down so to polarized, that. yeah. It's 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 a very very unfortunate. And and again, uh, what we also realize is that uh, we see a pattern. You mentioned something that is very important uh, when you talk about the rotation of, of, of judges and people judges in the justice or any system. other position, exactly, or anywhere else in the decision making processes. Okay, yeah, people uh, being all that rotation taking. But that is a pattern. If you remember, Abdullah Wad also used to change people mm -hmm. so often that you don't even remember who's where. 
Mm-hmm. And who's at what position? Sometimes people, you ask them, who's the minister of, of so-and-so? They don't know because <laughs> it changes. People change. People move around based on whether or not they agree with the plan of the government or they agree with the purpose at the time of the government. Now, unlike the past periods where people were not fully aware or where social media was not as powerful as today, whatever rotation happens, whatever happens in terms of rotating leaders or positions uh, in different sectors, people will know about it. Yes. And people discuss it and they have the space on social media to give their opinion, whether it's misinformation, because that's exposing also, okay, to, to fake news, okay? But regardless of that, what we see is a powerful tool that the population has now through social media to express themselves and still secure themselves somehow because some people can still say whatever they want to say and use different, you know, um, they can still be caught. They can still be caught, of course. But still, there is a space where they can exchange about stuff that matter to them to this day. Yeah. Okay? Because rallies are not authorized all the time. People are happy you saw that yesterday at the last rally of F24, which is the coalition of, of all um, yes. uh, political parties against a third term. Okay. Yes. And against and civil the government manipulation, civil yeah. society, and against uh, government manipulation or any other manipulation of the constitution. Okay. The same uh, issues that Makisal was fighting against Abdullah Wad, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So, all this put together is that people are still planning socializing, talking about stuff that matter to them through social media before even the government has a hand on it to change the narrative. So it's become more and more difficult for the government now, okay, or for any other person pro Makisal to change any narrative on their behalf because social media is here to give proof. Like you said, there are videos that people get before even the media uh, talks about it. Uh, there is this rapidity, this quick pace of social media that allows everyone right now to have access to information, mm-hmm. unfortunately mixed with fake news, mm-hmm. but still the chance for people to speak up about what matters to them. You understand? Mm-hmm. And the only difference we have now between people in jail and people out of jail, okay, is the electronic tag. Tagging yeah. them electronically is keeping them in jail. It's just in a different, uh, or keeping their passports, you know, from uh, and stopping them from 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 traveling. Okay, mm-hmm. the country has changed tremendously. Changed. Uh, Soko is the main opposition leader. We have other opposition leaders in the coalition of Yeri Askanmi, but Sonko is like the top one as for being the top one persecuted, the top one, you know, oppressed in every chance he gets to uh, make a step forward. Uh, to uh, showing his will or his uh, willingness to lead the country in 2024, okay? And uh, anything from defamation to a rape case to anything is available for those who fight him to stop him from reaching that level. And his only supporters now is the Senegalese population. That's all. The only supporters is the Senegalese population. And that very Senegalese population says their only hope is Usman Sonko. Borso, I wanted to mention that there is actually a third case against Sonko, uh-huh. uh, this time uh-huh. filed by a guy named Frederic Napel, uh-huh. who happens to be <laughs> the bodyguard of, I mean, his, his role actually in the whole system is quite murky, but he happens to be, according to many people, the bodyguard of uh, Ajisa. So we see him uh-huh. sometime, we've seen him uh, next to Ajisa but uh-huh. who also has a very troubling uh, past. Uh-huh. He lodged a complaint against Usman Sonko. Uh-huh. That was right? last February, I think. Yes. Yeah. And they said uh-huh. that it is said that he's very close to Maham Jallo, who was the judge <coughs> who uh, led the hearing uh, uh-huh. between Usman Sonko and uh-huh. uh, Ajisar. So there's uh-huh. that case. But there is uh-huh. also a group of scholars, intellectuals, who signed a statement a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. 104 scholars, researchers across the globe, calling the Saudi government to, quote, mm-hmm. return to reason. 
uh-huh, right? And uh-huh. including those scholars, we have Fatu So, for instance, uh-huh. Mamadou Juf. Uh-huh. We uh-huh. have Kwame, Anthony, Apia. We have uh, Mahamadou Sanya and uh-huh. many other scholars who are here in the United States, Senegal, uh-huh. or all over the world. So, and on top of that, you mentioned the report from the State Department uh-huh. and Amnesty International that found the Saudi regime guilty of arbitrary detentions, torture, uh-huh restriction uh-huh. of protest movements and uh, freedom of expression, but uh-huh. also weaponization of the justice system. But we also have the local civil society organizations uh-huh. such as FE Daesh. Uh, they uh-huh. all also converge in the same direction as uh-huh. these other entities that I mentioned that the Senegal we yes, have Africa Jump Center. This Africa, Africa Jump, Jump Center, Center of Aluntin. From Aluntin, yeah, who was the former uh, director of um, uh, yeah. Amnesty International yes. Regional Office for Western Central Africa. Yes. So all uh-huh. of these local and, and Amnesty Senegal. Uh-huh. Amnesty Senegal too. All of also these. Also with Gassama, Sidi Gassama. Sidi Gassama, uh-huh. Birahim Sek uh-huh. of Forum Civil. All of them. Uh-huh. All of them. Uh, Rado. Rado, Rado yes, Sadif, Rado. Yes. That Alu uh-huh. also used to. Uh, yes, but now Sadiq is the president. Uh-huh. Yes, of Rado. Those, these are very, you uh-huh. know, well respected local civil society organizations um, that are known sometimes uh-huh. Uh-huh. for their neutrality. And some of them were uh-huh. with Makisal in 2012. They defended Makisal when he was being persecuted uh-huh. by. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The, the Senegalese uh, regime. So the uh-huh. same thing, they're doing the same thing. Now, um, the only uh-huh. difference is that Makisal, who was then persecuted, is now the per- the you know persecutor. Um, uh-huh. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's just that everything that we've mentioned, uh, everything. Uh, let's look at this other side of the coin somehow. Every action taken to devalue or block uh, the freedom of speech is giving power through new technologies, through the population of Senegal. And that was, that's what we're seeing. Even we've seen Wolf TV was cut and uh, restricted from uh, giving news. Yes. When some things happen, breaking news, uh, a lot of Senegalese people don't understand why the local TV or local radio doesn't talk about it. It is not that they don't want to talk about it. It is that when they do, they will probably be cut by Senegal. Yes, the signals. The, uh, agency yeah. in charge of, in charge of signal, you know, allowing signals uh, for these uh, TV and radio stations. So they can cut, but they cannot cut the voices of people, you know. And uh, and that, and those voices, if they are not authorized to rallies uh, on the in the streets, they are on social media, and it is uh, uh, very obvious now that even people on social media can be arrested based on posts or publications that they put out. Uh, and it is also obvious that the more that they arrest people, the more civil society organizations that we mentioned are here to report on what's going on in the country. So nothing is done in hiding. Everything is obvious now, thanks to social media and thanks to the work of also international press, because whatever is not allowed to the local press international press is out there uh, to relay the information. Yes. So that is important to point out. Freedom mm-hmm. of speech is very important. Press freedom is restricted, but young people are here to raise their voices. And these yeah. kind of podcasts are exactly um, what people will listen to to understand the situation at the very base. So yeah. I'm happy that we get we got the chance to talk about all this. Well, I mean, I'm happy you agreed to come to this because uh-huh. you're very close uh-huh. to the situation. You're on the ground uh-huh. interviewing people, going to places yes. where things are happening, interviewing uh-huh. families of, of victims. Uh-huh. So um, uh-huh. nobody is more qualified than you to talk about the whole uh-huh. situation. Uh-huh. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure my uh-huh. listeners also appreciate it. Uh-huh. And just one last thing before we get uh-huh. to the fun questions we also have uh-huh. local artists uh-huh. rappers who are coming out with songs denouncing the government uh-huh. recently we uh-huh. saw kurgi crew 
shout mm-hmm. out to them who mm-hmm. came out with a very powerful song and video called mm-hmm. Badola um denouncing mm-hmm. you know what is happening in Senegal and the fear that Makisal will be mm-hmm. um trying to run for a third term Askanwi Jogoma fofu set plawai Askanwi Jogma senki muju bok they can to uh-huh. make sure that the rule of law is is there uh-huh. but of course but democracy is maintained right so and other people like uh, caricaturist odia they Oja, also yes, do it in artists. all in uh, in you know all jokes everyone laughs uh, through their uh, drawings but in yes. reality uh, everything is summarized in their in every corner of their um, drawing and yes. it's it's something that kind of protects them <laughs> because it's done in a way that you know that's humor. hilarious protecting yes. them humor yeah. uh, protecting them but to what extent to what extent true because yeah. usman jan when he was first uh-huh. arrested he just shared uh-huh. a caricature of the government that's it with a that's smiley it. emoji uh-huh. and then next uh-huh. thing you know the division of uh-huh. criminal investigation called him yep. and he <laughs> spent five months in prison he, that's why at, at every of my Uh, publications i say let's follow this under god's protection because at the end of the day it's god probably pr- protecting you more than anything else uh, on the ground you know uh yeah it's a sad reality it is sad who would have thought that people. senegal you know once hailed as the stable democracy uh-huh. i mean now i i think using senegal and democracy in the same sentence is even uh-huh. an oxymoron it's, it's who sad. would have thought under who would have thought under makisal who went through the same injustice under abdullah what that yeah. is the biggest question that senegalese people have today yeah. who would have thought out of everybody no one thought that makisal would come to a point where issues would rise 
people would die, uh, people would be arrested, and uh, human rights be violated, uh, the schools being shut down because of political reasons. Who would have thought? Because he went through every step except, again, the court cases, which are uh, another step that he put on what he lived through with Abdullah Who would have thought that under Macky Sall's uh, mandate as president of Senegal, all this would happen again? So it's a very unfortunate déjà vu that we are having, except that people today are more determined to have the constitution respected. When we talk to them, just one word they say, no to a third term, respect mm -hmm. to the constitution, and no manipulation of the, of the justice system. Yes. That's all. Yeah. And that's, those are the three reasons and the liberation of all those arbitrarily uh, detained currently uh, in Senegal. So those yes. are the reasons why thousands of people gathered yesterday uh, under F. Venkat's call mm -hmm. uh, to oppose and to express um, their, their frustrations okay, yes. at Place de la Nation yesterday. So mm -hmm. we shall see what will happen next. We'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see what happens next. Uh -huh. Yeah. So now, fun questions, uh -huh. Borso. Top three Good. novels. We need, it. <laughs> we need it. I think everybody needs it at this point. <laughs> oh God. Uh, three novels. Top, my yes, very top three first novels. One, uh -huh. My very first one is uh, very attached to my uh, family background understanding because I had to do a lot of research about uh, the Tal family. Yes. Uh, to understand uh, where I come from, uh, kind of understand the dynamics between uh, regions because it's it's the last name that crosses West Africa, uh, Mali, Senegal, you know, um, uh, and it's it it was important for me to understand from my father's side, uh, and so uh, my main story, the the main book that I love to read is from uh, uh, Amadou Ampateba. It's mm. called. Uh, Tal is an elder, uh, an old guy who lived in Mali, who had a lot of issues uh, supporting uh, one of the um, community leaders, dignitaries at the time of, the, of colonization and everything that implied it, everything. Uh, I went all the way to France to visit uh, the, the cemetery of Montluçon just searching for the man they mentioned in the book uh, mm -hmm. as to have been exiled uh, in, uh, in France in 1941 and who died there of pneumonia, okay, from Mali. So that is a book that I literally followed through all the mm -hmm. way to France in Montluçon just to search for that story and understand it better. So that's my number one book. Yeah. My other number one book, we cannot say number two, is things fall apart from Chinua Achebe. Oh yeah, it literally describes everything that. We're, I mean, this is a book that's been written, you know, a long time ago, but we're still going through what we're seeing or mm -hmm. what we've read from that book. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, culture being completely, um, uh, you know, being completely destroyed, uh, and not understanding the importance of modernity, yet losing the value of traditions you know all that put together it's interesting to see how africa has grown uh since colonial times you know uh, yeah. and uh, a third book uh i am torn between um uh, aminata sofal uh la greve de mbatou 1979 i think yeah uh, also describing the very same situation of children uh, street children and beggars all together in senegal mm -hmm. particularly mm -hmm. And how things are still not evolved, you know, beggars are still out. Yep. Uh, and just imagining every time that I come across a, uh, a crossroad, actually, uh, a, a stoplight, I always think of that book saying, what if all these beggars at the window, okay, just decide to go on strike and not take whatever we give them <laughs> as citizens? And that's the very question that motivated Aminata Sofal to write her book in the 90s, you know, yeah, beginning I mean, of 80. Yeah. They might as well so, under this regime because everybody's protesting. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so all that put together uh, is just a big mixture of tradition and modernity and uh, just 
this very dark side of of uh, our society okay and street beggars is a dark side of senegal society as well we see them every day outside so that book was written in 1979 by aminata sofal whom i adore she is uh, you know an important person yeah. uh, one of the biggest authors we have in senegal Mm -hmm. uh, may God guard her because she's still with us, uh, and I'm very happy uh, that she's very uh, uh, determined to still keep writing. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a book not very long ago, uh, and so I think in 2020 or 2021. So mm -hmm. all that to say that uh, the beggar's strike is still real, still valid in our society. Uh, things fall apart, obviously valid all across Africa. Mm -hmm. uh and also you know uh, you know you're talking to a literary person here so i could be citing all books that <laughs> you know matter to me yeah you I will can you here can... and talk about old yeah. books i love old older books including let's say uh, the magic calabash of nana gray johnson in mm. the Gambia. uh also very important because the the, the, the modu went through is the main character he went through everything that just destroyed his life and the life of his uh, wife about to destroy it because she was pregnant at the time mm -hmm. and to realize that he was dreaming sometimes <laughs> when you look at social media comments people just say i wish we could just end all this and it could be a dream or we could just end all this and just all of us disappear so that wish to see this as a dream mm. not true mm -hmm. you know is also striking in the comments yeah. that I see on social media, yeah. okay, everything that the population is going through mm -hmm. is uh, strikingly reflected in the books that I just mentioned. Yeah, you know, and this is Africa's story. This is just not Senegal. This yeah. is completely Africa going through uh, the same breakage, the same uh, willingness to see a better tomorrow. And mm -hmm. every young people that I've talked to, that's the exact dream, the exact dream for themselves, for their family, and for the continent. Yeah. So the narrative is the same everywhere through those books, you know. So yeah. again, sorry for having cited probably four books, but no, I can it's, go it, five, six, fine. seven, and even more. <laughs> no, I think you should just share a list of books with me, and then I will sure. share with you know why not uh, my audience. But I, I, I and <laughs> all those books you mentioned, I'm uh -huh. familiar with uh -huh. at least the first yeah. three ones, and they, uh -huh. yeah. So now uh -huh. top three dishes. Uh -huh. Top three dishes you could not live without. I could not live without. <laughs> Shebujin, of course. Our pride. Hey, of course. Okay. Like, our uh, pride. Where uh, or it's always fun to see uh, other countries in West Africa. Les deux, both. Where and honk. Where oh. I love uh, burgage on it. Honk, oh, yeah. I love burgage on it, you know. It's uh, <laughs> it's both. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sorry we're talking food now because... I don't know if you have access to that where you are. No, I'm so hungry right food. now, but it's okay. I'm I'm about oh, to gosh, I'm once so we once sorry. once we hang up, uh, I will just go and make some chebujan so, actually. <laughs> eh, good chebujan. I love I love supukanja. Okay, supukanja. That's the option to have meat, fish all together. Okay, and the white rice and yeah. the palm oil. I love palm oil. Excellent. Um and uh, what else? Uh, third dish, I I love every now and then to go back to fufu. Oh, fufu, okay. Yes, I just yeah. love it. It's not typically of Senegalese uh, yeah. dish, but I just love to mix it with any sauce that I have. Uh, mix it with supukanja sauce, you know. Oh yeah. Mix it with. Sometimes I'm the only one at home. Uh, I'm, I recently got married, so my husband looks at me like. What is absolutely wrong with you? There's white rice here, yet you prefer the fufu and the supukanja sauce, you know? So I'm like, you eat what you eat, and I eat what I eat, you know? That's exactly. That's a good way to start our marriage. Don't even question that. So fufu, fufu is a good is a good dish, I think. Uh, and, it, and, and it fills you up. And the yeah. good thing about all this food that I tell you is that once you eat it, you're good for hours. Which yeah. means you can be on the ground. You can be, you know, doing field work, you yeah. know, just going around talking to people. You still have that energy, and yeah. that is important to me. You know, um, yeah. so those are the three dishes I'm thinking of right now: chebujun, <laughs> whether honk or weh, yeah. uh, with bugaj. Uh, I love. Uh, what is? Yes, can you explain to our listeners what bugaj is? <laughs> I love that name, bugage, and I love yeah, bugaj too. Is, <laughs> yes, bugaj is this green uh, paste, uh, yeah. almost looking like spinach paste. Yes, uh, that we add. Uh, so there are different ways of 
of preparing it. Okay, yeah. I recently learned how to prepare it uh, southern side uh, in mm-hmm. Casamance. Women shared with me; they showed me actually how to make it a very um, almost. They it turned from green to a white uh, white foam. yes impressive. Yes impressive white foam exactly. uh, from the green uh, leaf that they boil, add salt, pepper, whatever it is that you want to add to it. And mm-hmm. once it gets very soft, you just turn it into a paste. Now, local Dakar, surrounding Dakar, uh, northern part where Chebujun comes from in Saint-Louis, mm-hmm. it, it's a green, dark green paste. Yeah. But when you go down south in Casamance, it it's becomes white. this white foam. Uh, yes. It just becomes a foam. It's like as if you put it in a in a blending machine, and it just becomes a foam. Just like as white and foamy as yeah. uh, any egg white that you put uh, in a yeah. blending machine. Yeah. Uh, but it's locally handmade. Very yeah. hot in a pot. They just take a cook a, a fork or something, and they just keep you know like just beating yeah, on it, whip it until, until it the white. It changes. Yes, they just whip it. They just whip it from green it to white. Yeah. Shape to white and foamy. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it's not foamy at all from up north to Dakar and the yeah. surrounding. It's like yeah. the green paste. Yeah. It's excellent because if this uh, the pepper is too much, if uh, it's too uh, strong, you mm-hmm. can still leave. You can still have balance a sort it of out. taste. Yeah. Balance it out with the uh, with the food. And it and brings so, yeah, a- acid to the to the food too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh senegalese i should say chebujen buhong yeah. not not uh, not that thing that nigerians no, call no not the jollof jollof rice. Rice. The nigerians <laughs> and, and Kenyans. sorry to my and nigerian brothers and sisters i know and Kenyan brothers and sisters. very sorry but chebujen <laughs> out of the line guys let's just accept it yeah we you have know, the real deal you got it from us Come it's okay now. there you yeah. go but now so it's official Chebujen. i think they accepted it <laughs> I still see debates i still see debates out there you know but um it's it's a good fight It's, yeah. That's a good fight. That's a beautiful yeah. fight. As yeah. opposed to what we've been discussing for the past hour, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would um, rather fight over food <laughs> than, you know, politics. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I tell you. So, Chebujan, Supukanja, like I say, and Fufu. Those are my three Excellent. ones right now on yeah. top of my head. Uh-huh. You know, in the U.S., it's very difficult to find bisat, which is the hibiscus, you know, the oh, green really? leaf of the hibiscus. So, yeah. I make uh-huh. it with spinach. But yeah, spinach. That's why I yeah. mentioned spinach because yeah, with the spinach, the closest you, that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, bisap is still better. Like the bisap leaves is much better. And I found yeah. out recently, well, recently meaning mm-hmm. in the last five years, that you could make burger mm-hmm. with the red hibiscus, or mm-hmm. when you take the red hibiscus and leave it in the sun for a few days, it will change color and will become something ah. like beige. That's how you get bisap oh, wow. in Senegal. Yeah, it's just red. Okay. Uh-huh. left uh-huh. in the sun for a few days and uh-huh. then it That's loses true. the red uh-huh. and it turns uh-huh. into what we call bisabuwo. That uh-huh. also you could take and uh-huh. make bugat out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. So okay. I've made it that way. Like and it tastes good, I'm sure. Oh yeah. It's 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 okay, the same, sure. you know, texture, acidity, uh-huh. and it's excellent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, Borsa, if I didn't know your last name, I would assume that you are a job. I don't know why, because I love to eat. <laughs> I would have I would have assumed that you were a job. My mom is a is a job. I'm a guy. Oh, uh-huh. This one. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just uh, this uh the tal, you know, we don't eat much. We don't, you know, we don't do anything excessive. But uh, the Serer people on the contrary, you know how they are with food, right? <laughs> so uh My husband is a serer, and it's like uh, mm-hmm. I just this, just this morning I gave, handed him the bread, and I was like, "Here, an extra bread for you." He looked at me, he's like, "You're just not gonna stop, are you?" I'm like, "Nope, this is ongoing, and you will know it." <laughs> you know, so food is. Uh, I'm happy that we have these um, cousin jokes, cousin based. Yeah, you know, the joke joking cousinship. Yeah, it's yeah the joking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so essential to Senegal, so essential to True. Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just hoping that, unfortunately, what we see is not mm-hmm. reflective of that. But at no, the core of it, yeah. every communities you go to, you will find some, you know, something similar yes. that we have. Yeah. So excellent. And then, last that. question: mm-hmm. top three uh-huh. places uh, on your bucket list. Uh, I just, I'm just actually right now filling yeah. out 
that bucket list just now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I am in, uh, I'm telling you, I'm in a UNESCO uh, World Heritage uh, Culture Environment called Basari. Yes. Basari country. I'm not sure east if, of, if you're familiar with East of with Senegal, it. like around Tambacounda. Yeah, southeast. Southeast, yes. There southeast, you go. Southeast yeah. of Senegal. Yeah. It's uh, it's in the department of Salimata. Yes. Uh, I don't know if, yeah. So um, it's very, very, very beautiful. Amazing. Uh, we got here very, very late at night, like yesterday, very late, almost uh, dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm sitting in one of their huts right now talking to you. You That's know, excellent. Uh, and I'm here to to experience their cultural um, traits. You know, seeing how they do their ritual uh, practices uh, of initiation. Yes. Um, and everything is about environment. Everything is related to the environment. Excellent. Uh, we just had lunch uh, not long ago, and uh, the leftover rice that we had was just thrown somewhere on the ground. And uh, mm. in the understanding that. Uh, ants and all the other uh, small creatures would just come and grab and and that's it you know there was a dog underneath the table uh, eating all the leftover bones so everything nothing is wasted, wasted in these um in these places i'm literally sitting under this hut i'm looking at it now it's amazing amazing nice. it looks short mm-hmm. when you stand from outside but mm-hmm. the but the roof is the roof uh, is very high so mm. anyone can feel comfortable standing inside, but from the outside, when we came last night and we saw the bit of it, and in the morning when you step outside, you feel like these are very short huts, but in reality, it's it's very wide and, and long from inside, you know. So it's a vibrant uh, place, a vibrant culture. I'm Excellent. talking to you, but as soon as we're done, I'll, I'll be going to the uh, initiation of uh, the different groups uh, uh. of young men. Uh, mm-hmm. Tonight it's about dances, and um, it, they will be just dancing. And tomorrow they will be having a wrestling, wrestling uh, match mm-hmm. between the al- already initiated and the elders, some of the elders, and the newly initiated young men. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it's it's seven hundred kilometers away from uh, Dakar. So it's Dakar Kedougou, seven hundred kilometers or so, and about ninety more or plus. From Kedougou to Basari, you know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's amazing landscape, amazing landscape. Um, yeah. I just took so many pictures that, you know, I cannot wait to share. Uh, yeah, on well, social media, you know what? You should on come different back. other platforms. Yeah, you should come back. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 talk about that experience and share more about the Basari to. people. Seriously. Yes, exactly. I'm yeah. literally just sitting here with them. And and tonight and tomorrow we will get a chance to see a lot of their cousins in Guinea. That to tell just to tell you that uh, borders are recent, you know. Yes. Uh and that beforehand this is an old old culture and there was no absolutely no boundaries between those we call Guineans today and those we call Basari from Senegal, you know. So um and yeah. I was just told today that uh, they will be expecting some of many of their cousins to attend uh, the ceremonies tomorrow. So uh, these are, you know, elders sitting down having lunch with. It's um, it's it's just a festival, and it's very nice. Excellent. You know, so that's one of my. That's actually the current the bucket list I am experiencing uh, and ticking right now. Yeah. I one also the, ticked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I tick? I ticked the Gambia. Uh, recently because I have my mother's side on her father's side I went to search for Mm. in the Gambia and I found them from last year to this year actually Um, and uh, yeah I've lost both my parents so now it's I'm just going to both sides uh, just exploring as as an adult seeing it with my own eyes and understanding you know more than what I was told and putting it together from what I'm mm-hmm. told to what I'm seeing so yeah. I can understand uh, better, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, Gambia, Mauritania, Senegal is what I've uh, done in different places. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel home everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. I went to high school in the U.S., so it's like the U.S. for me has holds a very important um, emotional part for mm-hmm. me, for memories that I have. Uh, I love Scotland. Scotland, Scotland is oh my god, yeah, a beautiful place. I went to the University of Glasgow, yes. and one of the reasons why I chose that university is because of its place uh, in 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 Scotland. You know, yeah. and uh, just just having that proximity 
of Edinburgh, just having the proximity of all other places that I could visit, the mm -hmm. different, uh, uh, the, the, you know, just the different weathers that you have in one day, you yes. know, from having the sun for a minute to having a, a rainbow, you know, two rainbows, more than that, you know, just nice. a beautiful, absolutely beautiful landscape as yeah. well. I love landscape. I love environment. So nice. anywhere taking me to beautiful places, I take, Yeah, you know, and my bucket list is to go to every place around this world, you know, oh, so uh, Europe that. is done. America is done. A little bit of Africa is done. Um, mm -hmm. I have left Asia. I did, uh, uh, how do you call it? Korea. I went to South, South Korea. So yeah. it's mm -hmm. another very vibrant, extremely vibrant uh, place. Uh, yeah, people it's... just don't sleep. It's just ongoing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it was very interesting to see. And always, whenever you go somewhere, come back, you sort of see how Africa is, Africa's vibrancy on its own mm -hmm. and the rest of the world. And how the good is also in the calmness that we have as opposed to other developed countries mm -hmm. where, you know, things are so quick and so individualistic that you don't see any community life. Mm. At the same time, you sort of feel how community uh, sort of restricts liberty for young people at times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, in our traditional societies. And mm -hmm. how all this kind of explains or explains the patterns that we see, whether it's young people trying to leave their homes to migrate, you know, economic reasons, all this put together. You know, yeah. we're talking politics, but it's a, it's a, it's a, just put the dots together to understand society better. And traveling does that help. Yeah. It helps understand a lot of things that's going on. Excellent. And you can compare and understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't have... Three mm -hmm. places I cannot really tell. I just gave you five. I'm sorry. I like that. No, it's fine. I, so, so you, you, yeah. you, you graduated from uh, the University of Glasgow, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I and also then, am a graduate of job. Uh, Ecole Nationale des Travailleurs Sociaux. Yes, Excellent. and ONTSS, which is the National School of Social Work. Yeah, in next, Senegal. Next to. So I'm a Senegalese product. Yes. Yes, I'm a Senegalese product. Went to yes. high school in the US. Uh mm huh. -hmm. And a graduate from Glasgow. So I'm happy that I school? got the chance. Atlanta. Oh, I went Atlanta. to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. Yes, that's where I graduated from. Yeah, my, my current home. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> what part of Atlanta did you live in? I lived on Roswell. Roswell. Oh, Roswell. Roswell. Okay, Roswell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's you awesome. Know, uh, yeah. all, all around Dunwoody and all those places. Dunwoody, yeah. Around. Yes. Yeah, but I did work. I did work for some. Uh, I did do a lot of. Uh, I did a lot of community service uh, with some homeless shelters outside mm -hmm. of uh, you know uh, that area. I told you, yes. which gave me the chance to take the bus, the train, and just yes. go around and uh, and see other things as well. Yeah. So I'm happy that I yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, so I'm a traveler. <laughs> I am your fellow Atlantan now. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait to meet you in person. Yeah, we, we will. I that. mean, definitely. Uh -huh. If you come uh -huh. to Atlanta again, we'll have uh -huh. to get a meal. There's a new Senegalese restaurant in uh, uh, uh -huh. Sandy Spring that I people have been telling me uh -huh. about that I need to go try. It's called oh, okay. Saint Louis Cuisine, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. My so last it's... time in the U.S. was in 2016 for yeah. the uh, Mandela Washington Fellowship. I was at Arizona State University. Okay. And at the end of the six weeks training, I went to uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta to visit family, friends. Yeah. I still have my high school friends there. I yeah. still keep in touch with them. And even That's... some high school teachers I still keep in touch with, you know. That's so excellent. it's always a pleasure seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, Borsotal, it was uh -huh. such a great pleasure to talk with you <laughs> about the current situation in Senegal uh -huh, and uh -huh. uh, the situation with the protests in Ngar uh -huh. and uh -huh. also, you know, sharing and hearing about your experience around the world and all the great uh -huh. things that you are doing. So, uh -huh. And uh, I really hope that you will come back to share more as this situation uh, progresses in Senegal, course, but also yeah. as uh -huh. you complete your field work in the Basari region, uh -huh. it, I, would I would love for you to come back and share more uh -huh. of it because, you know, it's a fascinating community that people talk about uh -huh. in Senegal uh -huh. a lot, you know, and yeah. it would be wonderful if you could share that with us and the rest uh -huh. of the world soon. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. Very soon. Thank you so much. 
All right. And on that note, guys, I will give you rendezvous uh, for another episode of The Africanist. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy. Thank you. Luttons pour la paix Kondiamo Africa Mon laïnia Manejamo Africa Moi sonyo natange Africa